There was something I wanted to talk about in here, and I can't remember what it was. Hello, Sharon. No, not yet. Oh. You gotta wait. Fuck. Wait. God damn wait. it. Wait. I'm sick of waiting. I want a podcast. That's <laughs> the podcast, baby. Just do it. What are you gonna say? I can't remember. Oh. I should have written it down. Is it important? Yeah. Duh. Do I ever say anything that isn't important, Chris? You're thinking too hard. It's all important, babe. Every word. Truth. <laughs> A little something for you to remember. Maybe we this, should just start the podcast. This one or a different one? <laughs> We're going to do a podcast about how Sharon should take better notes. Maybe. <laughs> Let's do this podcast. How about that? We'll do a different podcast later. Okay. Let's do it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Sharon. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Let's talk about episode two of season two of the Crown Cast, A Company of Men. The fucking boys club. Oh, you didn't call it a, a boat full of semen? Wow, how did I miss that? <laughs> a shipload of semen. <laughs> no, totally missed that opportunity. <laughs> well, you haven't actually named it yet. That's so. true. That's I didn't write any names down for my episode, okay. so... It's just a suggestion from a faithful listener. Fair enough. Me? Take suggestions. <laughs> totally TR time. Get yourself a crown to shine. Can be made of anything. Flowers from your best friend. Homemade links are heaven sent. I don't mean to skip to the end, but the contrast in filmmaking between this episode and the past two episodes, the past two episodes, the season one ender and the season two opener uh-huh. were awful. I did not like those episodes at all. They, they were not great. This one was so much more engaging. It was much more engaging. Paul Hollywood says it's all down to the writing and the directing. Like when did Paul Hollywood say that? He didn't, but he always says it's all down to the timing. It's okay. all down to the proving. Okay. It's all down to the. Oh, okay. Okay. Hair gel. Okay. So it, I, I think really the writing and directing was was really on for this episode. Did you look at the names and see if it's a different? I did notice in the beginning that it was written by the creator of the program. Okay. Who I assume is like the showrunner, the head dude. Mm-hmm. Someone else directed it, but he wrote it. Maybe he got tired of the shitty writing. That was kind of one of my thoughts. I was like, like I'm going to take this again for a little bit right. until you people get your act together. Right. Guessing. But yeah, I Could enjoyed be. this episode. Good. For sure. What did it start with? Oh, Philip um, and Mike go on their little journey. The first thing I wrote down okay. on my notes okay. was the pop culture reference I'm going to make in the podcast edit based on what was happening in the show. Oh, like the clip you're going to use later? Yeah. The boat full of semen. 
put it in. Can you put it in now and then tell me now? Can you? Okay, sure. I'll put it in now. Where can you find pleasure? Search the world for treasure. Learn science, technology. Where can you begin to make your dreams all come true on the land or on the sea? What can you learn to fly, play in sports or skin dive, study oceanography? magic of editing <laughs> we have now heard the village people in the navy song because that'll be fun that will be fun i'll probably laugh when i hear it <laughs> i mean i assume you will even though you've already told me what it is yeah spoiler alert i'll just holler saw that coming it's gonna be really weird editing this section now it's all like future tense spoiler alerts you're welcome <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> so the next note I have is cricket is confusing and strange. So are middle-aged British men and mid-century telephones on boats. Because this was when they were talking about, in better words than this, a whore in every port. Right. And it made me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable too, but I find it all very stereotypical okay not confusing at all in other words yeah yeah maybe i want it to be confusing maybe maybe i want them to do better Uh, yeah agreed you can't disagree that cricket is confusing though no i would not what was the little piece of wood that was on top of the other pieces of wood i didn't even know about that there's something to do with wickets and whether or not they are sticky that's the most i know about cricket okay I did find that scene kind of fun, though, because they were also talking about having a, a mini Olympics at each of their stops along the way. Yeah, the that was kind of cool, actually. And like the natives are tugging of war, all of the, the stupid jackass sailors into the dirt. I think that was kind of fun. Right. And the white guy getting the shit beat out of him by right. the black boxer. That was nice. <laughs> Boxing is an <laughs> Olympic sport. Welcome to my TED Talk. watches him on the telly yeah which can just nice and her cardigan without a tiara oh a serious lack of tiaras in this episode yeah that might be why you're so down it happens (laughs) why i'm ragging on the prince i'm sure there'll be lots of tiaras next time i hope so we'll see we focus on mike a lot in this episode yeah the the personal secretary of uh philip Mm mm-hmm He has taken to writing letters back to the lunch club. Right. Telling them all about their their goings on. That word gets around. Does get around. To his wife. Yeah. Which I'm relieved about. I am too. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, they deserve it. Mm -hmm. So she goes to file for divorce. Skip well, ahead just a little bit. Well, he's oh, did I skip a bunch of stuff? It must have been boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there was some. Let's see, there's some geopolitical stuff because yeah, blah blah blah. All right. No so, one wears tiaras when they talk about that stuff. No, the people are angry about the war and the the over the Suez Canal. Mm-hmm. One thing I thought was funny, and this is what made me think of 
them getting their shit together on writing and directing this episode, mm-hmm. the guy who was leading the angry mob with a speech right. called it a misadventure, oh, which was the name of the previous the episode, previous episode, which we didn't understand. Right. So now it totally makes now sense. Now we do. But yeah, the UK is not doing very well in the war. It's a stalemate or something. When does the UK do well in wars? I don't know. Just saying. When they take over all the South Pacific Island nations and turn them into Commonwealth countries. Yeah. Yeah. So they can go on tours and fornicate with locals. (laughs) You're right. You're right. So they're highlighting the tour that he is taking of Australia. Mm -hmm. So he makes it all the way to Australia. There's a scene where Mike and Philip talking about all the things he's got to do. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of go into this montage where he's driving around. They're they're running with the bulls or something. And, and he has the one speech that he's giving over and over and over again. Just putting speech. new right. new countries in the blank. And they also they take the time to introduce the cute reporter. Mm-hmm. But like I found the scene really interesting because we're seeing all this stuff. We're hearing the speech, which is kind of boring. I don't even remember what it was about. The music they're playing is very, like, nostalgic. Okay. I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't so much sweet, but it was kind of, like, triumphant and had some warmth to it. Okay. Like, it made me feel nostalgic. Okay. And I sort of wonder if that kind of imagery and, and the way they put the scene together is something to do with the inevitable uh, shrinking of the Commonwealth. As we progress through time, the Commonwealth is going to give up more and more and more of its colonies. Right. And I just found it, I found it, let's say stirring, because I don't want to say interesting. Okay. I found it to be really good filmmaking. Something I thought of, something it made me think of, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to point it out. Cool. I like it. Mike's wife files for divorce while he's away. Yes, that's what we got to. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I skipped over the boring stuff. That's all right. I, I wrote some of it down. Okay. Thank you. Eden is taking the phenobarbitone. Uh, yeah. Doctor's making very sure of that. Which doesn't work for him anymore. Phenobarbitone is the same thing as phenobarbital. That's what we call it now. Right. Is a barbiturate that slows the activity of your brain and nervous system. It is used short term as a sedative to treat insomnia or to cause you to fall asleep for surgery. It is also used as an emergency treatment for seizures. In high doses, it causes death by respiratory arrest. In the U.S., it has been used for execution of convicted criminals. Wow. That's pretty hardcore stuff. Sounds like it. Yeah. And he's taking his limit and it's not working. And it's not working. So it sounds like. Maybe he's not sleep. I mean, it's a depressant. I thought he was on uppers before. I don't know. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. So I remember this from the first time we watched this season mm-hmm. of the show. Specifically, I remember like him going to Jamaica because he's talking to his doctor, telling him that the phenobarbitone is not working. Mm-hmm. And then we see him talking to the queen in their weekly meeting. He's like, yeah, I kind of need to take some time off. Right. Like to get some sunshine. Yeah. And she's like, oh, sure. You're going to go to your family home down the road. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm probably going to go to Jamaica for three weeks. She wasn't too happy about that. But I wonder if he's taking it for anxiety and restlessness. 
Like, I don't know. If his doctor's like, take a vacation, take some more pills, like that sounds like. But we know he has a lot of internal health problems there too. We do. Poor guy. Yeah. From what I remember, the trip to Jamaica was successful for him. Uh huh. But we don't get to see that yet in this episode. So right. we don't really know yet. Point being, boss lady isn't too happy about long term sick leave. Right. Oh, yeah. So uh, we got some more scenes of the boys club. They were they were doing what boys do. A lot of locker room talk. A lot of uh, grabbing by the genitals, that kind of thing. Men are weird. It is. It is. <laughs> well, and the thing that I hate, too, is that, like, I, I hate it that it takes this, like, five-month-long stag night for Philip to be like, oh, I really miss my family and I love my wife. Yeah. I get it that the show is not necessarily promoting this kind of value. Right. But it's it's also still kind of hard to watch it. Like, Nodding my head. Yeah. In agreement. Yeah. It's just weird to me. It is. Maybe because I've never had a penis. I don't know if that's weird or not. Eileen Parker asks after her husband at the Thursday Club. She does ask for help from one of the wait staff. And the asking gets around to the Queen's people. So Michael and Martin, the secretaries. My his cousins, brothers, ex-wives, nephews, dogs, boyfriend. Former roommate. Before you die, there is something you should know about us, Lone Star. <laughs> knows the, knows the server that she talked to. And so that gets around like it does. Philip sits down with a reporter because she's hot. Yes. And asks a lot of questions about his pre-royal life. Yeah, so we get a little bit of that. They start off the having time. two different conversations, which I thought was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Philip's all trying to woo her. Right. Because she's cute. And she's just like a reporter trying to ask questions. She's a woman trying to do her fucking job. Right. Right. Imagine that. Yeah. Hmm. And we get more about Philip's family later. Right. Yeah. We saw in this some... season. I know. So this is probably a little bit of a preview for future episodes. Right. But the flashbacks like didn't make any sense to me without being able to kind of put it all together. Context. So Philip was born in Greece in 1921. And really what I looked at was his mother. Because I know his mother shows up again in season three. Okay. So I really wanted to to talk about his mother. And the reporter had mentioned that she was sent away at one point. So Philip was born in 1921 in Greece. His family was exiled when he was an infant. In 1928, when he was seven, his mother... Princess Alice converted to Greek Orthodox. Soon afterwards, she began claiming she was receiving divine messages and that she had healing powers. Oh. Then two years later, she suffered a breakdown and was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Her doctors consulted Sigmund Freud, among other doctors. who They, cons they consulted a lot of doctors because of who she was, I'm right. guessing. And Freud believed that her delusions were a result of her sexual frustration. He recommended x-raying her ovaries in order to kill off her libido. Wow. 
She protested that she was sane and repeatedly tried to leave the asylum while she was there. That's an awful part of medical history that actual legitimate doctors attributed female behavior to oversexuality. Right. I mean, it was 1928. We didn't know anything about mental health in 1928. We knew zero about mental health. What was that show that we watched on Showtime? The one about the surgeon in the 20s? Oh. The Nick. The Nick. That's what it was. Because that was the name of the hospital. Right. That was such a great show. It was a good show. We're like, it's kind of like Firefly. There were like four episodes and that was it. It burns out after two seasons, but they were good two seasons. They were a good two seasons. We didn't know anything about anesthesiology. Right. So doctors were doing all these surgeries while people were wide awake with maybe a little bit of whiskey in them. We've gotten way off topic. It's true. (laughs) The world was a weird place in the past. Also, the world is a weird place now. The world is a weird place, Chris. I'm glad we're in it together. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of the best. So she was in an asylum for a couple of years. Okay. And... 1930, 1931, she and her husband drifted apart. Her daughters married German princes. Okay. That was alluded to. That's why they turned into Nazis. Mm-hmm. And Philip was sent to England. Right. So he was 10. Okay. When he was sent to England and became a British citizen. Alice broke off communication. Princess Alice broke off communication with most of her family until 1936. When Cecile, one of her daughters, Cecile's husband, and it's two of the princess's grandchildren. So I know one of them was Cecile's infant son. I don't know if the other child was Cecile's or not. So Cecile is Philip's sister. Okay. They were killed in an airplane crash. Okay. Herman Gehring attended the funeral. Wow. So that's how close they were right. to the Nazis. They were all up in the Nazis. They were all kind of up in the Nazis. In 1943, Princess Alice hid a family of Greek Jews in her home in Athens, saving them from being deported to a death camp. So while her daughters are marrying alleged Nazis, she's helping the Jews, which is nice. 1947, she comes to the royal wedding, which we saw. Okay. And in 1949, she founded a nursing order of Greek Orthodox nuns, the Christian Sisterhood of Martha and Mary, which I think sounds very nice. She then attended the 1953 coronation. She was wearing a simple dress and a wimple in the style of the habit of her order. So I remember her showing up in the photographs in her nun's habit. As she aged, she became increasingly deaf and ill. She was invited to live at Buckingham Palace until her death in 1967. So that's that's where he comes from. That's his mom. Right. And they were separated for many years while he was in England. And she ditched most of her family for a long time. Hmm. But then ended up living at Buckingham Palace in the last year slash years of, of her life. So, okay. so that's kind of nice. 
So that was Philip's mother we were talking about. Yes, that was my short biography of Prince Philip's mother. Yes. So we were, this This came up from the reporter's interview that we were having yes. on the ship. And then I think I'm, I missed a lot of boring stuff on my notes. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> so after Philip walks off in a huff because he doesn't like the questions about his past. Right. Uh, I wrote, cue the storm, because naturally they're in a storm. Oh. Oh, but then we go back to the, the cute waiter who admits to Mike's wife that they slept together. Yes. Um, and to Mike's wife's divorce lawyer. Yes, at the lawyer's office. This was a starting point for real hard evidence, but the waiter is not interested in giving testimony. Right. So they kind of lost that. That all got back around to... The royals again, well, not the royals, but the servants of the royals. The royal keepers. The royal keepers. And something that they said that kind of made me tilt my head was one of them says, this could jeopardize the entire monarchy. I know. It's like every last little thing. It's just so much drama, Chris. It's going to tear down the whole country. So much drama. I mean, and I get it where they're coming from because scandal is scandalous. But, like, come on. Just deal with it and move on. Why is it so hard? And it's so funny because of the shit that we deal with on a daily basis coming from our current U.S. government and also the current British government right. as of a couple of days ago. Like, this is, like, such small potatoes. And it's like, it can break down the entire monarchy. Just like, probably not. <laughs> have you seen the shit that we deal with it's awful it's so stupid every day oh the drama <laughs> yeah so yeah the the michael and martin show are attempting to limit the exposure to the queen which i get it because if philip's involved then yeah it does sort of expose the queen it's true still it's like just fucking deal with it just deal with it Ooh, but then it's no shave November. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Maybe that's where it came from. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. All the UK seamen start growing fake beards for the rest of the show. <laughs> this could have been their real beards. Okay, probably no, not. They were they were full. They were fake beards. Okay. And then they make a big deal out of the the injured captain that they find. So someone gets a distress signal. The the Britannia, the boat that Philip and his crew are on, mm-hmm. picks it up. So they go out and investigate and they they find the guy and they patch him up. And then Philip makes a big deal with the admiral or whoever's actually running the boat right that he wants to take him back take him home and you know the captain's just like well we can just drop him at the next port and send him on his way but they don't philip doesn't want to do that he wants to turn around and and go drop him off with his family which is an admirable sentiment it is i like that they did that you know but they made sort of a big deal out of the the drama between Philip and his royalness and captain and, and his captainingness of the boat. Yeah. Um, which I didn't really care about. Right. Maybe they're just showing us that Philip is not the captain of the boat. Right. He 
probably has a much larger room than the captain does. My God, did you see his stateroom? <laughs> it's bigger than my house. It's a huge room. And it's on a boat. And there's like a hundred people on that boat. <laughs> With big beards. <laughs> I mean, I imagine the enlisted people on that <laughs> boat just have like a, a drawer that they slide yeah. into at night. And Philip's got that huge room. Yeah. It's so fucking crazy. It's nuts. But not the captain. What? Still not king yet. Still not king yet. <laughs> okay, that was a good one. <laughs> but they turn around, they fix him up, they drop him off with his family. Everyone is pleased. They have three more nights of fornicating with the locals. <laughs> so uh, I guess it was a good trip. Right. And there was much rejoicing. Meanwhile, it's Christmas in Scotland. I guess they were in Scotland. Did they go to Scotland? I think they should go to Scotland for Christmas. I imagine it was Scotland. They didn't okay. say where they went, but they went somewhere. Okay. And it was snowing. And there was champagne. And there was champagne. No tiaras. And Philip gives his radio speech. Yeah. So and they listen to him on the talking box. They didn't say who it was from, but Michael told Philip that he had to give a speech. Mm-hmm. And we kind of knew that it came from michael and martin the secretaries of the queen right they're the ones trying to contain the whole scandal situation sure so he needed to give a speech it needed to be about family about christmas about warmth about happiness about those kinds of things Mm -hmm. and philip like we heard his speech and it was kind of it was kind of weird it was well philip's kind of weird when it comes to soft mushy stuff as margaret was quick to point out and I, and I think what I got from the little bit of a speech that we got was was more homesick than anything else. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth heard it on the radio. And they were all kind of gathered around for that. Right. And so she kind of updated her speech, too. Yeah. And that was kind of sweet to have them sort of passing messages to each other. It was super sweet. Over their radio addresses. It was very sweet. The remoteness of the location presents one with a precious opportunity to think about one's own life, one's own way of living. Naturally, it has led us to examine our own lives and the way we live, the things we take for granted. Is that really Philip? Some sort of Philip impersonator? And here I am almost 10,000 miles from London. We are men together. But we each stand alone. Our very best wishes go to you on board Britannia. A very large, united family is waiting for you here and will always be waiting for you wherever you are. Did you see the sweater that Philip was wearing when he was giving his speech? I did. <laughs> there may not have been any tiaras, but there was a magnificent sweater in this sweater. episode. It was this chunky black knit sweater with this white double lysing all over it and a nice boat collar and like he was on a boat and he's in the Navy. So he gets this awesome, like Aaron style boat neck sweater. It was just really, really sweet and really kudos to the customer. That was sure on point in my head. Anyway, was it a hand knit? Could you tell? I'm sure I imagine it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be super difficult to find something of that era. Even in a props department, it was just, it's a unique sweater. It was a really, really cool sweater. I guess it was a unique sweater. Maybe all the Navy dudes had one and maybe you can find them in all of the Army Navy shops all over England. I don't know. It was a cool sweater, though. It was a cool sweater. But shows like this, they usually have someone. 
yeah, of make course. them of course, because that way they can make them to their specifications. So then Mike writes another letter back to the lunch club. Right. The cute waiters like, yeah, I may not be able to help directly, but mm-hmm. I can help indirectly. Yeah. She switched teams. Yeah. So she grabbed that letter. Good for she, her. She gave it to Eileen. So that's going to be good. And off to the lawyer she went. Right. We're going to see where that goes later on. Yeah. It's a little bit of a victory for a character who has been shit on. I'm going to make a note to check into that for the next episode to see if that was a real thing. Oh, okay. Good call. I know he and Eileen did split up. Yeah. They were married for, I'm thinking, if I recall correctly, 10, 12 years before they split up. Maybe as many as 15. And then he remarried. Mm. Because I was looking at to see if... Prince Charles is still friends with the little girl whose birthday party oh, he went right. to in the last episode. <laughs> of course, I can't find anything that detailed, but Prince Philip and Mike stayed friends for their entire lives wow. until Mike's death. Yeah. Spoiler alert. When Mike divorced, he lost his job. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't be able to hang on to Big it. Big spoiler alert. Right. It was the fall of the monarchy. <laughs> but they remained Close friends. What other questions did we have from last week? Jubilees. My favorite movie theater candy. <laughs> Those are juju beans, oh. Chris. <laughs> Goofball. We talked about Jubilees. Right. And how many there are and what happens. I think as the monarch gets older and they have more like i think they're making these up at some point they're just trying to wring as much fanfare out of the out of the monarch as they can i think so because there's a silver one at the 25th okay which many british monarchs have reached there is a gold at the 50th Uh which a couple of monarchs have reached right 60th is Diamond, okay. which from what I could tell, only Queen Elizabeth and Queen Victoria okay. reached the Diamond Jubilee. And Queen Elizabeth got to 65, so I think they threw this sapphire thing in there. It's made up sapphires. Yeah. And if she makes it until 2022, that will be her 70th year as queen, and that's the Platinum She's year. going for the record. She's going for the record. Well, she already has the record. Victoria did still. It's fun Victoria did gold and diamond. Okay. She did not make it to the 65th made up sapphire jubilee. So I think that's like kind of put in there to be like, yeah, you're still alive. Good for you. Right. There is actually film footage of Victoria's diamond procession in 1897. Really? Isn't that cool? Is that what you were watching? Yeah. The- That's cool. It's only a minute long, maybe, and you can't really see her. No. But it's I think it's kind of groovy to have film footage from from that long ago. So I had uh, are we done with questions from last week? Did we have any more? No, that was it. Okay, I had a question from this week. Oh, okay. The Queen and Philip gave their speeches. Um, I don't remember if they were recording 
Phillips. They didn't really show it very closely. He was he was broadcasting from the boat, but they did start a recording for Queen Elizabeth's oh. speech. And it was it was needle on a disc, but I don't know what kind of medium it was. But it was recording to uh, some kind of. So a it was disc. a wax, probably a wax disc. I guess I don't know. That's that was sort of my question. Like, what were what was the recording uh, technology of the day? What were they recording her speeches on? Because I know it wasn't a cylinder; it was a disc. But I, okay. I don't know. I didn't know what the medium was. You know, there's there was a lot of sweet music at this part of the show. We're kind of wrapping things up. You know, Elizabeth gives her speech. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, Philip Philip did hear it. I think. And I think we cut back to Philip on the boat, and like he talks to Mike for a minute, and they both got their fake beards, and they're just like, <laughs> "I kind of miss home." <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, like it was it was weird because. It is sweet. Like, I want them to miss each other. I want them to have fun. Absolutely. For each other. But I hate it that. Or maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's like the advent of more modern thinking mm-hmm. about men and women and what's acceptable in monogamous relationships. And women aren't going to put up with their shit. They're going right. to go to the fucking divorce lawyer while you're out of town. And imagine how scary that is. She would be left with nothing. I know. With no prospects at all. Yeah. I don't imagine that she works outside of the home. Right. Matter of fact, I think they even talked about that in the last episode that she doesn't. So she's got no income. She's not going to have a house. She's not going to have credit. I'd like to point out, too, that in the show. Right. While they kind of pretty much showed Mike running off with women. Yeah. They never showed Philip doing that. That's true. It's a good point. They never, you know, produced evidence that Philip was fooling around on Liz. Everything that I have read about that up to now anyway, mm-hmm. is that there's been speculation, but there's no evidence. And, and I'm not saying you have to have evidence. Sure. But it's really speculation. Well, and that's a fair point. And maybe that's that's partly the reason that the show depicts it that way. You know, we don't necessarily yeah. want to say that Philip fornicated with the locals right. at every port. Certainly the way the show portrays the celebrations that they had. You know, there was a lot of dancing around campfires and the ladies sort of picking out. Mike a lot of booze, Phillip. I'm sure. A lot of booze. But, you know, from there, we don't necessarily know where it goes. So you're right about that. Yeah. Certainly the the attitude of the the lunch club members as they're reading Mike's right. letters. Like, they're very boisterous and they're very like, hey, hey good job, guys, or whatever. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Give the governor harumph. Harumph. You watch your ass. Well, when Mike is writing it, Mike's presenting it that way, too. Of course. And they could just be telling stories. Uh, yeah. Like, so I get it. It's true. Like, it, we're not talking about facts here necessarily. We're talking about attitudes. Right. At the same time, I think it's going to be a good thing if we start moving away from these kinds of boys will be boys of attitudes course. in the show. Of course. And in life. Well, life's a whole other story. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us have moved on from those kinds of attitudes. You have. But a lot of the world's leaders have not. <laughs> It's true. 
What was your favorite part about this episode? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I picked up on the music a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So the, the montage scene in Australia, I actually really liked that scene. You know, the music really worked for me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really understanding why we were feeling nostalgic about driving around Australia and doing all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. But still, to me, in terms of filmmaking, it was really striking and I enjoyed it. When I'm going to interject. Okay. When they did the same kind of film editing, when pre-queen Liz and Philip went on their trip, was it a similar feeling? Do you remember what kind of music they used? That seemed more harried to me, you know? So you're talking about like they want to went on a tour that, that King George sent her on yes and there was that great scene like where they were in africa and they had a guide and like there was they were in their treehouse thing no i'm talking about like because they went like on tour and so they kept showing them in the car over and over and over and over again like they did with philip and mike okay sure when they were on the tour it was really similar editing it was but i don't remember what kind of music they used and i don't remember it either but i do remember liking those scenes Mm -hmm. I, i feel like Especially if there's not dialogue, they have the opportunity to really dial up the music. Uh, but I don't remember specifically what, you know, what that music made me feel. But I do like it when the music strikes me sure. in this show because I really like the music. Uh, and at the end when they were playing, you know, the sweet music kind of watching Philip you know, mm-hmm. wanting to get home to his family. That music was, I think it was a simpler sort of a piano theme, but it was based on the melody in the intro theme. Oh, cool. And I love it when you can take that piece of music and reorchestrate it Mm -hmm. into something different, but still have similar themes and melodies. And I like that a lot. Cool. So those were my favorite bits. Cool. What about you? I liked the relationship between Eileen and the server from the Thursday Club. Yes, that was pretty nice. Yeah. That was done well. And they only had a couple of opportunities to to work on showing how how that relationship changed so drastically. Right. From the server first being completely untrusting to very defensive. Uh-huh. To understandably so to her being kind of like, yeah, Yeah, this this guy's kind of a jerk. Let me do what I can for you. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. That was really cool. I'm I'm glad you pointed that out. So overall, did you like this episode? I did. I really enjoyed it. I did. That was really good. More back to what I expect out of the show. Exactly. The last couple of episodes really left me disappointed. I agree. Well, I don't think I have anything else. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Mm-mm. Let's thank the listeners for their continued support. Thank you, listeners, for your continued support. We check the stats every week, and you know we know we have a bunch of downloads, so some people are out there listening to yeah, it. Yeah, we have more and more every week. It's really exciting it's for me. It's kind of fun. It is. And um, I wanted to point out, I wanted to just give a little teaser to the to the listeners out there and let them know that Sharon and I started working on our next podcast idea it's a little bit down you know down the roads in the future 
it's really going to be something to take up our time after we're at a pausing point with the crown cast. Yeah. The crown season two, we have eight episodes left or so. I guess they're 10 episode seasons. I don't really know. You know, we have a handful of episodes left to go with season two, and then we'll finally get to season three, Mm -hmm. but then we'll be caught up. You know, season four might be starting around that time. So I don't know. We might have to jump right into season four. Right. But then at some point we will catch up and we will have to do something else if we want to keep the listeners engaged. We will. So we started talking about what that could be. And, I think we have uh, pretty. I think you have a pretty good idea. I, think I it like is. it, I and think. I really like podcasting with you. I really like sitting here and talking to you. It's fun for an hour about something that we like watching together. Yeah. So, so um, just a little taste. That's all I'll say about it for now. <laughs> but uh, look forward to that. And you know, as always, thanks, Jenny Parrot. Thank you, Jenny Parrot. We're uh, we're going to talk to you about another theme song <laughs> after a while. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Sharon. God save the queen. I love you so much. (laughs) I love you too, babe. And God save the queen. Totally to your time. The podcast where the stars align. Reigning queen is Emery. King Chris got that royal sound. When he's discussing the crown. Grab your scepter. sounds so much better than mine. I know. It's because my voice is prettier. That's not true. I mean, when I'm on there, I sound really good, too. Is that why you sound like... Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> that would be a great audio filter for this program. <laughs> With cackling in between. Make your podcast guest sound like a <laughs> Peanuts character teacher. <laughs> and then I cackle at you. It would be great. It would be great. Schroeder's gone to bed. Again. (laughs) I guess it's time to drink. (laughs) Monetize the podcast and you can upgrade your mic. All right. That's fine.